0: Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next 30 minutes we're going to be talking all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter, Jane Payton. The, did you say the or the, the Jane Payton, who's one of the UK's leading experts. No, she is the UK's leading Mm -hmm. expert on beer and cider. I think we should be bullish, Jane. In fact, she's a certified beer sommelier and author of numerous books on the subject. We were talking about your books earlier actually, weren't we? Mm. We were going back through some of your old books and you were going, I can't remember writing that. <laughs> I, I, that is absolutely true, but also thinking, that's really good. Did I really write yeah, that? You should
1: be proud. Yes. Oh, I've got
0: your gin book, which I really like. Oh, I loved writing that. And then the drinks miscellany, which oh, yeah, I think drinks. you gave to me. A tipless miscellany, yes. Is that how you call it? Yeah, Mis- yeah that's miscellany. a good one for
1: all alcoholic drinks. But the gin one, it's just, oh, it was so good to write. I loved writing that because there's so much to say about gin. Sorry, we're not talking about gin today.
0: But no, it was no, we're not. just <laughs> loved writing that book. Yeah. Well, there you go. No, we're not talking about gin today. We're talking about nuts and oils. They're sort of in the same ballpark. Possibly. No, not really. But looking forward to it. Yes. So um, we're going to talk about oils to start with, and um, our expert on oil today although I know she'll be looking up at the ceiling when I say that is Claire Eckley of Eckley Farms. Hi Claire. Hello there. How you doing? I'm doing all right. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No, that's okay. You've got some beautiful pots of stuff there, and and uh, the the real thing, uh, particularly for you, you guys, is rapeseed oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the most beautiful colour. Rapeseed oil, isn't it? Isn't it? It's just golden. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna start off with that, um, and then later on we're going to be talking nuts with Erin Kayan, who's who will be joining us later. So let's go let's go straight ahead uh, with rapeseed oil now. Lots of people believe that olive oil is the cooking oil, which I'm afraid I have to disagree with. So, listeners, <clears throat> you need to revise your opinion of that. It's some amazing olive oils. You can get some very grassy, a slightly green colour, uh, and I love them in salads and things like that. And I do cook some stuff in it, but I don't think it should just be the default cooking oil every single time without fail, do you? I'm with you. And I always
1: have rapeseed oil in my cupboard and I've always got olive oil, but I'm absolutely right. I like my fried eggs in olive oil, actually. Yeah, I agree with that. But other, for other reasons, it's rapeseed oil.
0: And if you get a really good rapeseed oil, it's really good for drizzling and eating. as buttery. Mm, mm-hmm. very- now, rapeseed oil is an excellent source of vitamin E. It's a strong antioxidant, uh, which can support eye and skin health. Now, good job it's radio, but you will notice that both me and Jane have rapeseed oil. (laughs) We have skin like we're 27. (laughs) That's because of rapeseed oil. It's also a source of omega-3, which lowers your blood pressure and provides a decreased likelihood of heart attack. But the most important thing, which people don't seem to know, is that rapeseed oil, not only is it produced in the UK, it has the lowest saturated fat content of any oil, less than half of olive oil. That's true. I didn't know that. That's a really fascinating
1: statistic, that is. Particularly for people who want to do a lower fat
0: diet. They should absolutely be having... Because we need fat anyway, so go for rapeseed. Yeah. And, as if that's not enough, it contains 10 times more omega-3 than olive oil. You know,
1: you're absolutely right. People think of olive oil being the
0: The health ultra, the the health oil. But this is...
1: You're proving that that's not always the case.
0: And even better, because do you remember we had those lov- that lovely guy um, who uh, was a beekeeper? Oh, uh, yes. North, yeah, and we North. had, yeah, North, and we had North, North Downs honey. honey I think yes. they're called. Uh, and also, we had Tom Gosnell of, of, uh, of the meadery. Rape seed produces large amounts of nectar. Oh gosh, the bees particularly love loved by honeybees. Bees so not only is it that. better for you, we're, we're and you knew our bees are in a little bit of danger. Um, it, it's great for that. Let's just talk about it. You actually grow rapeseed in your farm we do yeah so can you just tell us exactly what rapeseed is so we all know what you know what an olive tree is and obviously Mm -hmm. we we struggle to grow those here um but but explain exactly what a rapeseed plant is and how you get the oil because all i'm used to do is driving around particularly in the county of kent we get beautiful fields of yellow That's rapeseed, isn't it?
2: It is. So um, we would plant in about August. So as soon as we've harvested wheat, we're thinking about going in and planting rapeseed for the following year. Uh, And it's tiny, tiny seed. So it looks a bit like a mustard seed or or a poppy seed. It's really small and black. And we plant up our crop uh, in August or early September. And then we harvest it. It's one of the first crops to harvest the following year. So it's in July part of the brassica family which if you uh, have a nice walk through a field of rapeseed in the winter it smells like cabbages so it smells like wet cabbages because it basically is a wet cabbage uh, so you can eat those tiny rapeseed plants in the winter so you might find them in a posh restaurant as a green a green accompaniment to oh, never your knew that. Yeah. Uh, or we can let it what we do is we let it grow and um, so then flower in sort of April and then so bees like that because it's just in uh so it's around the same time as uh blossom so it's a, another food source for them and then it flowers and then goes to seed and we get lots and lots of those tiny little black seeds again and we can press those on the farm and can put it in containers and, that's and then it. that's the so, so literally they're like tiny poppy seeds
0: that you are pressing to get the oil out they're tiny
2: yeah they're really really small that we would press millions yeah, <laughs> you yeah. I don't know what I thought
1: rapeseed was. Well, I don't I, know in my head what I was thinking. I, I've been thinking about this for ages and I was wondering if it was the seed underground, but now you've just explained it comes from the flower. Mm. And how do you extract the seeds from the flower head? And is there a machine where you don't want
2: everything else? It's only the seeds. How does that happen that you extract the seeds? So uh, we go in with the combine harvester. Uh, so my husband usually drives the combine and my 15-year-old Sandra, it last summer and um, we've got a working width of nine meters wide so we can harvest literally acres and acres and bring in tons of rapeseed and the combine cuts it and then it uh, gobbles it up and it uh, sieves out all the what well, yeah so it chops it up then so the stalk it's a very tall plant it can be as tall as me which is about five foot four Uh, and so it chops it all up and then you've got sieves and a big fan which blows out all the stuff you don't want so the sieves let the seed through but not the stalk and the seed pod and then the seed goes into a big tank and then we can auger that on the move in the field into a tractor and trailer and it goes back to the farm and then it's cleaned Cause so it's still got some stuff in there that we don't want because the combine will only do a, uh, a first like, sift, yeah, so to speak. Got mm. it. Uh, so then we put it through a cleaner to remove any weed seeds uh, and then we can store it and then we can press it uh, when we need it. So we always try and uh, supply nice, fresh rapeseed oil.
0: And, and that's cold press. What does hot press mean, cold press then?
2: Hot press would be more like an industrial process that makes vegetable oil. They would be doing it at a higher temperature, which makes the oil flow better. Uh, and also that more industrial uh, product, of uh, vegetable oil, uh, they might use solvents. And strangely, they sometimes use, um, they take some of the colour out of it. So they might, well, I don't want to say they bleach it, but they would extract some of the colour and they also take out some of the flavour as well in that. So that's why vegetable oil is quite a different product from cold pressed. So we press with a screw press. So you literally wait. You
0: literally put weights on it almost. No. We, sque- we, you're squeezing it. That- yes. So yeah. we're
2: squeezing it. So it's a big screw. And if you think the tiny little seeds go into the groove of the screw and then you've got um, the motion drives the seed to the front where it's crushed against a head and the oil um, comes out of very, very small holes. Was, even- <laughs> you must have the tiniest <laughs> amount of oil for every seed,
0: wasn't it? Oh, you? yeah. Tiny. <laughs> Minute. So you're literally talking of millions of seeds <laughs> in there to get. Yeah.
2: fantastic yeah and then so the the pressed oil so the Fresh oil goes down a tube and then sits in a tank for a while and then go, is filtered. And the the rest of the seed, which is about uh, 60 to 70% of the mass of the seed, becomes rape meal. And that uh, comes out in sort of pellets. And uh, we feed that to cows. So we sell it to other farmers who use it as a dairy feed. So that's just that sort of circular yeah. almost sustainable uh, practice so
0: that every single bit of it's getting used.
2: Yes, yes. There's no waste at all, actually.
0: And would the omega-3
1: from the oil go into the milk eventually, would you say? If the cows have eaten those pellets, does it transfer into the milk?
2: Yes. Yeah, so you would say, for instance, I know organic milk would be higher in those omegas and it's to do with the high... Um, in that case forage content of their diet in organic farming yeah so our rape meal because we can't get as much oil out of the seed as the industrial hot process so you'll still have some oil left yeah
0: residual oil
2: yeah so we have to be careful when we feed ours to dairy cows because too much oil disturbs their rumens and they don't Um, perform as well yeah. Uh, so we don't want to mess up our dairy cows no definitely not (laughs) (laughs) so you have cows on your farm as well then no oh okay but But farms are really yeah so farms are really intrinsically linked so we have farmyard manure from one farm we have chicken muck from another we have spent strawberry plants from another to make compost uh, and then we spread that on the land and then they would have our straw for instance so when we're harvesting wheat we make bale of straw and that goes for animal bedding or sometimes animal feed so very see Jane for me that's exactly what
0: food production should be and the industrialisation food has completely you know mucked that up hasn't it oh i agree it's a virtuous circle as you were I saying it's earlier got to come through in the toast it has
1: as, to has to but also it's that community as well of, of producers who are working together and helping each other and also being sustainable because that is waste a waste product for that particular producer but it's not for another producer it's something really
0: in demand that's when food is really good for you isn't it that's when food Mm. is really good for you because you know that there's this circular thing which has to benefit everybody Mm. and that's what health is about isn't it
1: it's an ecosystem of, of nature and natural goodness and and our land isn't it? Mm. Mm.
2: Yeah so we're regenerative arable farmers is how we describe ourselves and regenerative uh, there's more and more uptake amongst farmers to um, look after the soil better and then uh, farm in harmony with nature and uh, to have much more complex systems above and below ground to to cycle all those nutrients Uh, and we think this is this is what we're going to have to do. You know, Tackle climate change and the biodiversity uh, potential disaster coming up. You know, we, we have really strong roles to play in that. So in carbon fixing and helping with biodiversity.
0: Absolutely. Now I, I know you have something called the, the living roots in the soil throughout mm. the year. While you're going to tell me about that, I'm going to take a little taste of your rapeseed oil. And so is Jane. Yes. Um, Cause we've, you've got smoked and the normal. Yep. Um, can you just tell me about this 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 living roots in the, in, in the soil and how, how how that works for you guys?
2: So after we've harvested our crops, sometimes we don't want to plant another crop straight away. So we would be planting the following spring. So then we would plant a cover crop which stays there all winter and it protects the soil from a uh, really heavy rainfall event, stops it being washed away. Uh, it helps the um, food web beneath the soil. So we're getting more diversity beneath the soil, getting more cycling of nutrients. And actually, do you know what? The sun is still shining in the winter and we can still use that solar gain and that solar energy and the plants can draw carbon, carbon dioxide out of the air, and they can make carbon containing compounds, and then they can exude that out of their roots into the soil, and we can increase soil carbon content. Uh, which is great, and then we have this uh, much more cycling of nutrients. So we can do that through cover crops. So that's living roots in the soil all the time. So,
0: so that's an iterative process. I mean, the, presumably the soil's almost just getting better and better.
2: This is it. Regenerate just your soil. Getting yeah, meal. yeah, yeah.
0: I've just tasted this. I can't be bothered with the rapeseed <laughs> oil. The smoked rapeseed <laughs> oil is
2: stupendous. It's
0: fab. it is Both think? of them are.
1: It's so oh, nutty. You. The the rapeseed, the unsmoked one, so nutty and so Ugh. creamy. Mm. I could drink and that actually. Yes. I've and tasted, then the smoked worse wines than that. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love smoked food. I love smoked drinks. Yeah. I've never had smoked oil. It's incredible. How do you smoke it? Is it a mm. beech wood or or how
2: do you get the uh, smoke into it? That's an oak one. And mm. I have, we don't do it. We send it to people who who know about smoking, so they smoke it for mm. us. Wow, it's incredible,
0: gorgeous.
1: And mm. so would you use that as a drizzling oil or for cooking? What What circumstances would a smoked oil be best in? I can so, answer that. Go on then. I would
0: definitely cook a beautiful piece of fish, mm. particularly mm. salmon or something like that, because mm. that smokiness would really add to it. Mm. A cod in a pan oh. or salmon in a pan.
2: Using that smoked oil, oh,
0: God, it'd be fantastic.
2: Mm. As soon as you warm it up, you, gas, get smoke, yeah, know, you get that smell yeah you get the smoky aroma mm. uh, so even if you're gas barbecuing you can still enjoy a bit of wood smoky mm. flavor Imagine
1: pork incredible. with that as well oh that's smoke it's oh, like <laughs> it's incredible but as you say i could drink it on its own i could <laughs> <laughs> our lovely complexions are going to get even lovelier i'm gonna have <laughs> <laughs> a
0: little might rub some in my yeah, face in a minute <laughs> you smell like an ashtray. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> okay, well, that's amazing, uh, uh, Claire. And, and obviously it's Eckley Farms. Uh, where can people buy uh, this amazing stuff? Do you have an online shop?
2: Or uh, We have a click and collect shop. Oh. So we saw uh, during lockdown, we saw a friendly farmer who had put in a, um, like, you go up with your card and you choose your locker and it pops open no, so a, a like the Amazon. Amazon yeah. And sort of things. yeah and we thought oh we could do that and then we thought oh but we don't actually need uh refrigeration therefore we shall buy some lockers on ebay from a primary school <laughs> <laughs> okay. so people need to go to the farm to get it yeah so you can okay. buy online and then it comes to I'm the farm to collect
0: Okay, and that's Eckley Farms. Oh, and,
2: obviously and obviously... we'll obviously in shops and... You yeah,
0: can and, find and, and meter, you're in, you're in farm yeah. shops and stuff yeah. like that. Um, uh, we'll obviously put links on the website. Right, so we're going to tuck in and have a little bit more rapeseed oil. Uh, and in a minute, we're going to come back with um, something to do with nuts. <gasps> Ooh. Talk to you in a minute. Right, now I've actually... Um, i uh, rather overdosed on my, my smoked. I haven't touched the other one. Um, we've now uh, been joined by Erin And uh, Hi, Aaron. Thank Hello. you so much for joining us. But
2: so what have we got here? So that's smoked. Oh,
0: God, that is amazing. God, amazing.
1: amazing. Dump the olive oil, apart from drizzling, and <laughs> yeah. um, embrace the rage.
3: It's good the smokiness does really come through. Mm. It's good, isn't it? We like to have a lot of olive oil at home, but sometimes it'd be a bit too peppery. Yeah. And that's the smokiness yeah. is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's, a, it's a nice
0: change. Now, you make nuts and nut butters, but not from roasted nuts. That's what I understand. Correct, yes. Whereas most peanut butters and nut butters, they are roasted. And you can, you can actually, don't you think you can get that taste, actually, Jane? When you, when you do have peanut butter and stuff, you can taste that roastiness. And sometimes mm. it's a bit bitter, actually. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So... You've bought you've bought some walnuts, which mm-hmm. are very good for you, I believe. Um, and you've got some, um, you know, uh, cashew butter there. Can you just uh, tell us, um, me and Jane are going to um, just trough on some walnuts in a minute. <laughs> um, super crunch. Just explain to me why you don't roast them and, and what, what you do instead to, to sort of hydrate
3: them. Certainly. So, well, nuts are a seed, as you know, um, and they have... Um, an enzyme contained within them called phytic acid. Yes, yeah, please do. Uh, called phytic acid um, that protects them from being eaten by animals, right? So if if animals eat lots of nuts, you get bloating um, and discomfort. The activating of the nuts reduces that phytic acid, which makes the nuts more digestible. So the, uh, activating is is soaking the nuts, so it's tricking it into starting the germinating process essentially what that does is it reduces the phytic acid which is a harmful enzyme make, making them more digestible but also making the taste a lot cleaner so what you're about to have there that's uh those are Chilean walnuts which we source direct from the farm um they've been soaked overnight to activate and then they've been gently dehydrated at low temperatures so the soaking activates making them more digestible and then the dehydrating preserves the rawness so they're essentially raw, you can sell from the colour inside.
0: No, I haven't eaten one yet, obviously Jane, no, really Jane is quite rude, she's gone straight in there. Yeah, and I'm not in my head like
3: a, <laughs> a mental
0: person,
3: so... Radio. Um,
0: so so um, if I look at it, it looks much drier and not as dark coloured. ...as a walnut I would normally buy. Correct, yes. So, so it's the, the colour's really quite different. It's, it's actually, almost like butterscotch colour as, a, as yeah, opposed well those, to quite a dark brown.
3: that's to do with the quality of the walnuts, actually, because right. those are extra light walnuts, which are, the, which are the best grade of walnut that you can get. Um, but what mm. you'll notice when you taste them is that there's no bitterness there. So whereas walnuts can often be quite bitter, particularly raw walnuts. So that activating and then, and then the, the gentle drying... Really gives them a nice creamy, creamy it is a kind really of taste. buttery,
0: it's creamy,
1: but still really crunchy as well. So yes. you don't lose any of that crunch. Mm, really, well, crunch-
3: yeah. That unique sort of crisp crunch texture actually comes through more in the almonds if you want to give those a try. Well, we'll be. Don't you worry, <laughs>
0: <Yes>. um, <laughs> Claire. Your thoughts on that? They're gorgeous, aren't they?
2: Yeah, really nice. Mm. Yeah, and it's um, the texture is is very. It's quite different from a walnut and like uh, your usual walnut. It's um, yeah, the bitterness sort of crumply, is just absent yeah, completely. And no bitterness mm. at all. For mm. me, when I have um, shop bought walnuts that
1: haven't been activated, you get a much more sense of the oil of the walnut. Yes, yeah, so very much so. With this, you don't. You just get a sense of the Butter. nut and That's the butteriness. Yeah, 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 yeah. But without that sort of oily unctuousness.
3: Amazing. Yeah. yeah, they really are quite unique. When you try activated nuts for the first time, it's a it's a it's a bit of a game changer because they're not the same as raw and they're not the same as roasted. They're kind of in between.
0: Mm. So, how are you managing to sell these? Because actually, it's it's quite a difficult message to get across. It's quite involved.
3: Yes, it is a it is quite a difficult message to get across. Now, I think we kind of go with the. Um, with the strap line raw, not roasted. So that's kind of really been the one that sort of gets through to most people. And I think once people then try the product, then they ask questions about the activating process. They read our website, they have a look at the label, and then and then we kind of go from there. But I think the actual activated market itself is actually quite small. But we do it because we like it and, and we think it creates a superior product. You can see here from the cashew butter, the colour of that cashew butter, it's really, really pale. The, it's the colour of raw cashews, whereas most cashew butters are really quite brown and they have got that kind of roasted look.
0: So, I, so I've just looked at this and if I didn't look at the label and just looked at the colour, because it's in a glass jar, I would think that was horseradish. Wouldn't yes. it?
2: Well, I agree and it's got that same, texture <laughs> as well. The same <laughs>
1: colour, horseradish. I would think it
2: was tahini. Or tahini, yes, yeah,
0: uh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Incredible. But you've got a really unique story to tell because most people don't know what activated means. Yes. I didn't until I did a bit of research. And so that story is something that is attractive to people wanting to... A different technique for the food production, or something unusual, or they want to discover. There's that sense of discovery and that experiential thing that people are looking for so much nowadays in food and drink. And this really is it, and it tastes amazing.
3: Thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, no, no. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you like it. I, I think really for, for us, it, where it has been difficult in the first couple of years is where we position ourselves as a business. Mm. Are we a health food business? Are we a fine foods business? And I think we're finding our voice. And our niche kind of somewhere in between, really. So that cashew butter that you're trying is 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 very thick and very creamy. Little goes a long way, um, because the nut butters haven't been roasted. They're raw, so they've got the natural flavour profile, and each one's very unique and distinct. So pistachio is very green. Uh, it's great for stirring into uh, pasta and using as a pesto, Ooh. using as a quick and easy pesto, a bit of oil and garlic. That sounds fantastic. Maybe a bit of, maybe a bit of your oil. Um, mm. And also uh, the cashew is really creamy and thick. It's great for adding thickness of sauces. So Yvette's got a recipe up on our website um, where you just stir a spoonful of cashew butter into a curry at the end and that thickens the sauce instead of having to add yogurt or, or, or cream or something like that.
0: Not really thought of it as a... As a what would I say, as an ingredient as opposed to I'm just going to stick it on some toast. No, I wouldn't. And um,
1: it's for real foodies that, isn't it? Or people exploring different um, textures and different flavours. What I've noticed as well, because when you roast something, you get that Maillard reaction, which is a caramelisation, which you don't get in these because they haven't been roasted. So that's absent, that caramel that you get with most nut butters. So exactly. not just pure, pure flavor of the the nuts. Pure so so nuts, how do you yes. make that nut, nut butter then
3: Aaron? So these are these go through the same process as the the the, the nuts that you've just tried. So they're soaked and then they're dehydrated and then they they run through a mill, which is temperature controlled. Um so ra- a, a lot of nut butter companies actually put them through a massive industrial blender, whereas we put them through a mill and they're, they're essentially crushed and pressed into into a, into a nut butter.
2: Bit like when we make our rapes, you know, mm. yes.
3: it was the Exactly that. When, yeah, when
0: yeah. You described it. And um, what, can people get these on online? Do you have an online shop? Yes,
3: or? we do. Yes, yeah. so so it's cape uk. So that's k-a-p-e.co.uk uk is our website. We're on Amazon Prime as well, and we're in loads of uh, throughout the southeast. Yeah. We're in loads of health food shops, independent And
0: there's a lot of people at the moment uh, uh, who who are having high protein diets. Um, you know, people are going to the gym and 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 sports and and the sort of keto thing. Yes, that is. Um, uh, and and butter. You know the nut butters are, are full of protein, aren't they? And and particularly good if you're if if you're vegetarian, for example.
3: Yes, yeah, packed full of uh, protein and also good fats. Um, it's a great way of great way of getting. Uh, replacing meat without going down the whole, where well, if yep. you're looking to cut down on meat or 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 go down that sort of vegan or vegetarian route, which a lot of people are at the moment, it's a lovely whole food and healthy way of doing it without having those meat replacement products.
0: Now, for me, we, I mean, I really actually quite like salads, but I like the sort of Ottolenghi type salads mm-hmm. where, you know, there's there's radishes and there's, there's pomegranate seeds and, you know, all those sorts of things. Um... I, I very, very often put nuts in salad, you know, and a few of those walnuts just broken in half is, is a great addition to a salad. Mm. And, and, and with a little bit of that smoked oil. Oh, oh yeah. So I when, when, am, when I am I going to move for lunch <laughs> then? <laughs> some blue cheese. Yeah, yeah. We're all <laughs> coming, aren't we? <laughs> mm, all coming for that. Well, um, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. And we will put links uh, from, the, from the website so you can, can do that. And also, Claire, thank you. Oh, thank See you. See how quickly it's gone? Yeah. It'll it go really very quickly.
1: And I've learned <laughs> so much today. I mean, I learned something every new each time we do a
0: show, but I've really learned mm. things today from both of you. Thank you. Thank very you. Very good indeed. So, one thing we're going to do next week, uh, which I'm quite excited about, is um, we're going to be talking to James Golding, who's the sort of executive director at The Pig. Mm, Have you been? I haven't, but I've heard very good things about Yeah, them. So interesting, um, sort of um, carry, carrying on with this theme, I suppose. I mean, they're a hotel chain. I think they've got um, seven or eight um, hotels and, and they really, really focus on local food. So all of their menus, you know, are you know within twenty five miles uh, the, the the suppliers, but also they have their own kitchen gardens, and I think that's happening more and more, don't you? I love that. Good local suppliers and actually starting to starting to grow stuff. Um, so thank you so much to my fellow presenter Jane. I can see you've got eyes on what you're taking home. <laughs> you have, haven't you? Yeah. All of it. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, again, thank you to Erin um, and to Claire. If you, uh, if you want to recommend any future guests, somebody doing something groundbreaking, like our two lovely guests here today, um, please do get in touch with us on hello at foodtalk.co.uk. Also, now we've recorded over 300 of these programmes, Jane. So if you ever want to go and listen to, we've got topics from snail farming to gin making to all sorts of stuff. Please do go to foodtalk.co.uk. And finally, um, we are syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Audible, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, and the podcast app on our, on our phone. And I'd just like to do a little call out to our fab listeners in the Wirral. Oh. Yeah, they really like us over there. Oh, I love the Wirral. I and do love too. <laughs> on and the Wirral they're... as well. And thank you to our lovely uh, partners, the, the people at produced in Kent. So do have a jolly good week. Bye-bye.